Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And sitting across from me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. All my exes live in Texas. That's why I hang my hat in Tennessee. <laughs> nice. It took me a, a while to pull that one up out of my memory. So today we're going west. Yes, and a little south. Yes. South by southwest. Yeah, it's um, it's funny. Uh, you know, it... it it's a big thing now. Yeah, it's a huge thing now. So South by Southwest is this amazing, bizarre, insane, crowded, awesome conference that takes place in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. The main one, anyway. Yeah. You, you'll see little little uh, satellite South by Southwest events happen in other places. But the big one happens in Austin. And it actually started out back in 1987 as the South by Southwest Music Conference. Yes. Actually, my band played South by Southwest in 2004. Groovy. Which is the last time that I was actually there. And, um, yeah, actually, at one point, there were a series of events. Uh, there was North by Northwest and North by Northeast, which uh, the latter, I think, is still going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, at the time... I could tell you, and it's not the main focus, but, you know, it's, it's, it was all kinds of, uh, bands representing all kinds of music, uh, basically at lots of little establishments, clubs, bars, and things like that. And, um, the idea that you were an indie musician at South by Southwest in the early 2000s, I mean, of course, it's, that was almost 20 years in as the music conference. That was a pretty big thing. We were really excited to have the opportunity to play. Yeah. I mean, independent bands would use this as an opportunity to get, to get out there, to get seen by new fans, to possibly get picked up by a record label even. Yeah. Because you had record label executives going to these conferences to see which bands were hot, which ones got got really good fan reaction, which ones might be a good investment from a record label standpoint. Even if small record labels as well as big ones would go to South by Southwest and check out the acts there. And, uh, uh, you know, that was the whole real purpose of it. I mean, Austin has always been known as a live music town. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you've got the University of, of Texas there. Yes. Um, go Sooners. Ha <laughs> ha, oh. just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Please don't come after me, Longhorns. <laughs> you're, you're, I love you. I love you. I think, I think the, the phrase you were looking for was hook em horns. Go A&M. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, oh, you're uh, just asking for trouble. Yeah. Uh, you know what? If you want to get at me, just say go Yellow Jackets. So, so Austin is a, co- is definitely a college town. Yeah. There are yeah. lots and lots of students there at, at the University of Texas. And yep. it's a great place to, uh, you know, they like to go out for entertainment and do all kinds of, uh, hanging out. So it it was a good place to go see live music. I'm sure quite a few of them are in bands. Yep. Uh, yeah. Texas is known for its music program, too. And so. I think Austin, Texas shares a lot uh, with Athens, Georgia, which is where I went to college. And Athens, Georgia also has a very lively live music scene. And it was a joke, at least among me and my friends, that if you attended the University of Georgia, you are either in a band, you were good friends with someone who was in a band, or you roomed with someone who was in a band. Yeah. So you were, you were, you were at most a degree of separation away from a band. Yeah. And when I say band, I mean a group of people who would get together at generally the same time and generally play music instruments in generally the same way. Yeah. 
you have to be really loose with your definition. Yep. yep. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, you had all these great venues. You had the culture in, in Texas, uh, that uh, Austin has this great kind of unofficial motto. I guess it's technically official now called keep it weird mm-hmm. where they got this kind of wacky weird sense they, you've got the improv everywhere guys coming out of the university of texas i mean they're brilliant yeah um, well i mean college towns are, are often known for the you know sort of counterculture thing where sure all kind you have people with all kinds of different interests and people who are uh learning more about themselves and so they try uh try on different hats so to speak uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a great place to go see a show, great place to get something to eat. Yeah. I uh, uh, love the food there. Yeah. So, but then, but, but we were saying, you know, it's not just, it's not just music that started to become attracted to this conference. And, and because there were some companies in Austin that, uh, that, we're in the technology space and you, you got a lot of crossover here. I mean, not everyone, you, you know, we can't just easily define people into uh, a simple category. Like yeah. this is a musician. This is an engineer. This is, you know, uh, a, a film producer because a lot of these people have interests that go across those boundaries. Yeah. We had, uh, you know, in the, in the nineties and the two thousands, there were, uh, lots of kids who were getting into technology. Um, you know, plus, you know, you have the the big companies relocating, as we were talking about Dell and and some of the places who who uh, open shop. Yeah, there in the were a area. lot of lot of uh, software companies, a lot of game companies were out of Austin. Uh, yeah. So tragically, many of those have closed since then. Yeah, but uh, during the big computer game boom, there were a lot of offices that opened out in Austin. That led the people who uh, who managed South by Southwest to expand the conference. Yeah, to to be more than just music, to be yep. film and, and technology as well. Yeah, nineteen ninety four was the first. Year where they officially uh, created the the South by Southwest Film and Multimedia Conference. Uh, now at that time it still was that, that was you know the earliest years of it. By a uh, few years later in 1999, uh, they actually had three tracks of programming, which was South by Southwest Music, South by Southwest Film, and the new South by Southwest Interactive. Mm-hmm. And interactive is pretty much all things technology, computer. Mobile, although at that time in 1999, mobile was still a few, several years off. You know, people were just using cell phones, not, not smartphones in 99. Yeah. And, and let me tell you that, that, uh, you know, South by Southwest over the past few years has become a really big thing for the technology sector. But, yeah. um, even a few years after, uh, after its expansion into the interactive front, um, I could tell you that when my band played there, now I wasn't, admittedly, I was a, I wasn't a tech journalist at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the interactive side, while I was sort of interested and, and wanted to go, it was, it seemed more closed off to me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really, uh, nearly as big a thing in 2004 when I went as it is now in 2011. Um, and I'm not quite sure exactly what happened with that. I mean, I, there, there are some things that we can point to, uh, and I'm sure we'll get to those in just a minute, but, yeah. um, I'm not certain exactly why South by Southwest took off other than the fact that it's a really cool place to be. Yeah. You know, you have, I don't know, I, I hesitate to use the word competition. You think about Macworld and, uh, you know, E3. Um, and the, uh, CES yeah. conferences and, and places like that and, um, CTIA and, uh, places where you would also go look for technology. Um, but they're not the same. 
they don't have the same vibe that South by Southwest has. Yeah, South by Southwest in general, the conference is all about sharing information. Yeah. Right. And sharing knowledge and, mm-hmm. and kind of looking ahead at what, where technology is going and how to take advantage of that. Uh, we do have to remember that chiefly South by Southwest is a conference. Yes. There, there are kind of two worlds that go on at a South by Southwest. Yes, there are. Right. You've got That's- your world of the conference, mm-hmm. which has got all the panels and the discussions and you've got these really smart people all getting together and really talking about what makes people tick, what makes technology tick, where the two intersect, and the best way to take advantage of it. Yeah, it's 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 at 2 p.m. down there in, at the hall, and go check it out, and that's when and where it's going to happen. Yeah, and it'll be a panel discussion uh-huh. with some. sometimes these panel discussions have really, I mean, big movers and shakers in the technology world. We're talking about folks like Zuckerberg have yeah. been speakers at South by Southwest, right? That's Mark Zuckerberg, yes. the founder of founder of Facebook. Right. Were you like the alleged founder of Facebook? I was Facebook? going to say the... I saw this documentary. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, yes. The I believe him to be the founder, but others disagree, founder of Facebook. The Tesla is the inventor of radio, founder of Facebook. Yes. And the... Uh, so, yeah, there you've got you've got that world, but then you have the other world that happens at South by Southwest. Uh-oh. Which is... Are there vampires and werewolves? It depends on what part of Austin you're in. They're bats. <laughs> Yes. Austin's got a lot of bats. There are bats. Um, I, I recommend going to see the bridge with the bats. Yes, that's that's kind of fun. My wife, my is. wife and I went and saw it, and uh, my wife said that was the one and only time she ever has to do that. <laughs> um, but it's cool. It is cool. She was not a big fan. Uh, but yeah, the the other world is the party world, the world in which people are getting together to schmooze and kind of network and hobnob and they're hanging out at various parties um south by southwest has actually gotten some criticism about this because yeah. the the party scene has really exploded over the last few years particularly once interactive really started getting big because you suddenly got all these these guys these young guys and women uh these young people i should say these young people who have a big influx of money often from venture capital and they're trying to get noticed and they're throwing extravagant parties and they're uh, hosting food trucks where you can get free food from them and which is always a great way of of getting a bunch of people to really be happy about your product at least for the you know a 5 minute segment of time um and uh, there's some criticism being directed that it's taking focus away from the whole thinking about technology and people element of the conference mm-hmm. the parties are overshadowing it um but at the same time, the parties are a way for you to actually meet with other people who are launching products. There may be potential partnerships you can strike up at these meetings, or you can meet people who are actual users and get real-time feedback from people saying, you know, I tried using your app, and I think it's a great idea, but it's, you know, I really wanted to do this with it, and it doesn't let me. And the guy, the person who developed the app might say, my gosh, you're right. That's brilliant. I don't know why we didn't build that in. We will, I am going to make a note and we are going to build that into the next version. And who knows? That might be the thing that makes that particular app take off in the market. Mm-hmm. So it's a really valuable part of the conference experience. Uh, but again, it's kind of started to overshadow the actual conference. There are people who will tell you, because I've talked to them, that you don't <laughs> need to get a badge to go to this conference. This conference is not just, it's open to the public, but you have to pay to go. Yeah. And it's expensive. Yeah. A a badge to this conference. We're talking over a thousand dollars, depending upon the level of access you want and, and how many of the tracks of programming you want access to. Cause if it's just interactive, it's going to be a different amount than if you want 
passed to the entire conference. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the thing about the parties is you don't necessarily have to have a badge to go to those. So there are a lot of people who go to South by Southwest who are not actually attending the conference. Mm-hmm. They're just going to all the other satellite events around the city. Right. I right. was one of those <laughs> in the interest of full disclosure. Right. For, for uh, South by Southwest 2011. Well, Caroline McCarthy at CNET, uh, basically, by the way, the day we're recording this, which is May 6th, 2011, mm-hmm. is her last day at CNET. Really? Caroline's leaving CNET today. That's terrible. She's a great reporter. She's moving on to Google. Oh, okay. Okay. So we'll see more. Yes, we will. Uh, but she wrote a, a piece, and I, I want to talk about the main thread of that in a moment. But um, she was she actually traced it back. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Twitter. Yep. In 2007. Yeah. Which yeah. is when capital E, everything, capital C changed. Yeah. One of the things we see out of South by Southwest, especially recently, is that companies that, uh, especially social companies, companies that depend upon some sort of social media or social push or social mm-hmm. element in their, their service. Yes. They use South by Southwest as kind of a launching point. It's not an official launch, but it's a good way to get some of the movers and shakers in technology interested in your product. If you can get them using it and and talking about it, then their word of mouth is worth millions in advertising dollars. Well, yeah, and if you think about it, it's exactly where the music conference was yeah. uh, when it started. It's it's a place where people go to discover stuff, be Discover stuff and be discovered. Exactly. Um, and apparently it was Twitter in 2007 that decided to basically use South by Southwest at its, as its coming out party. Hey, we're here. Check this out. You can, uh, catch up with everybody with your smartphone. Again, smartphones around 2007 were starting to become a consumer thing. Yep. And suddenly. Cause that's the, the same year of the iPhone. Yep. And that's when. Things started getting crazy. And the, the main focus of uh, Caroline's article was, you know, people who are hard, the old timers, if you will, who are used to, hey, I got a booth at the conference. We gave out some T-shirts and keychains and talked to some people, uh, you know, the people and looking back on it, that's the way it was. But now people are dressing up in costumes and mm-hmm. walking down the street. There are our mobile uh, people in vans and cars who drive around until they find a group of people, then, you know, basically make a sales pitch to them out in the middle of the street. And just all kinds of weird guerrilla marketing tactics that are there for companies that are launching or, or trying to gain market share. There's even established companies that'll use this. Like, uh, Chevy did this, uh, at 2011. Uh, they yeah. had a really clever, a pair of really clever, uh, tactics. Uh huh. One was to, uh, to promote the Volt. Mm-hmm. They gave free rides around Austin. Cool. So you could get, hop into an official Chevy Volt and uh, be taken to a different part of Austin. Now, the important part of that is being able to recognize a Chevy Volt and not jumping into some random person's car. That is then you're carjacking. That and, and and getting back. Yeah. And then hey, uh, where are you? But they also had they home. also had <laughs> they also had mobile charging stations ah. for you to charge your electronics. I, I saw that from a few companies. A few companies had these. Uh, 
either you would go to a specific place and you could plug your device in and have it charge while you are hanging out and chatting with people, or they would have people walking around with essentially battery packs on, on backpacks mm-hmm. and you could plug into them <laughs> and, and recharge your device while they gave you, you know, a pitch about whatever the product was. Uh-huh. Um, so that was a very clever way of doing it. Uh, yeah. And, uh, it's, a lot of companies have been taking advantage of that. Meanwhile, the conference is still going. Yeah. Know, don't, don't ignore that. I mean, there were some interesting panels, uh, especially in this past year. Like, um, the, here's one, uh, beyond the check-in location and the social web. So one of the big things to come out of both South by Southwest and, uh, apps in general is this whole idea of location check-in, which you could argue was really kind of, uh, championed by Foursquare, which, Foursquare had a big launch at South by Southwest in the in the past, and that's kind of where it first got that big word of mouth. I mean, the the service had been active already, but it really started to hit the ground running at South by Southwest a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the panel here was talking about how do you add value to checking in to a location because just checking into a location is you know you're alerting your friends where you are which can be cool but if if you want to have your app stand apart from others you have to find ways to partner with companies so that you create reward systems for checking in so it, it's it's giving people a chance to think beyond just how do I achieve this technologically to how do I achieve this in a way that's a sustainable business model? Yeah. You know, and it's really that element of South by Southwest that is invaluable to people who are launching a product, not just to get the word of mouth, but really to get the perspective of people who have tread this path already, who kind of know, you know, the, the pitfalls that are ahead to build their knowledge and say, oh, you know what? We can learn a lesson from this person's experience. We can, we can do the things that, that help this person succeed and avoid the things that set this person back and, uh, and, uh, implement that into our, uh, service. And then we have a better chance for success. Mm-hmm. It's still not a guarantee, of course. No. Cause I mean, the public's fickle, right? There are how many, how many different versions of, uh, uh of Twitter were there? I mean, besides Twitter, there, you know, you had other, uh, short messaging service type, um, uh, projects out there. And really Twitter's the only one that has, has had any true success. Yeah. And even Twitter's had a problem making money off of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like I said, it's not a guarantee for success, but it does help you out. But I mean, there's everything like learning about user interface design and what mm-hmm. kind of interfaces uh, appeal to users and which ones don't appeal to users and sometimes there's a psychological element in there like why do people prefer prefer one method of input over another what's holding people back from doing more uh, voice recognition apps or is there anything holding people back? Is it is it a technology thing? Is it a user thing? These are the sort of discussions that go on at South by Southwest that are very important from a development standpoint. Yeah, they're they're very high level. Yeah, it because might not, it's very conceptual. Right. It might not be the sort of thing that the general public wants to sit in and watch, unless you're just interested in the subject. But it's not like uh, you're going to go to one of these panels and then walk out saying, you know. Um, uh, well, I'm glad I went there. I can I can use this information in the future. You may not have any real use for it. You might have more insight, which to me is is almost as valuable. But not no, that's not the case for everybody. Other people might say I could have gone and had a taco. <laughs> well, there and you know, it's also Austin is also used as a stomping ground for new technology before it really 
becomes big. I mean, Twitter's one example. Uh, you know, I found in doing research for the podcast that in, in 2010, um, there were QR codes. Uh, PC World yep. actually had an article about the, the QR codes that were popping up everywhere in the city. Um, and this was, I mean, it's, they're not even really common. We just did a uh, podcast on QR codes and how, uh, in Japan, they've been old hat for quite some time, but, uh, here in the United States, they're still not widely, uh, widely used. A lot of people don't know what they are. They just yeah. see them as those funny looking black and white boxes. They're popping up more frequently than, than, uh, a couple of years ago. I mean, I've, I've seen them on advertisements on oh, sure. the train system here in Atlanta. But, but they're still not, you know, at that, that point, that was a, you know, a year and a half ago. They yeah. still weren't widely used. Right. Um, but, you know, the, the flavor of the conference really is changing and it's being noticed by far greater. I mean, you mentioned Chevy. I think the other big name this year was, uh, Apple and the sudden appearance of the Apple store out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. Uh, in Austin, I think Austin has and folks in Austin, you can correct me if I'm wrong once you're done yelling at me for yelling go Sooners and go A&M. Um, you can yell at me for being wrong if I'm, if I'm wrong about this. But I believe there are two Apple stores in the general Austin area, neither of which are convenient to downtown. And the first day of the South by Southwest conference, interactive conference of 2011, happened to fall on the same day as the iPad 2 launch. So here's Apple saying, hey, look, our key demographic, the people who are most likely to adopt our technology as soon as it comes out, are converging on Austin uh, this day. And we could get some good PR and make a lot of sales if we just created a temporary store in the downtown Austin area to cater to this crowd. And so they did. And uh, and the line for this place was really impressive. I was actually there. I was watching uh, This Week in Tech cover the line. So Brian Brushwood, Jason Howell, uh, a couple of other people were out there kind of interviewing folks in line. Uh, my wife got in line. She actually bought one of the iPad 2s from the – a temporary Apple store in Austin. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was a, it was, it was like a party atmosphere. And that was exactly the right move for Apple as far as a PR move is, is concerned because it, it was catering to their most passionate fan base. Yeah. This, this was a, um, an example. I think this is a, a foreshadowing of things to come, both Chevy and, and Apple doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the funny thing because, uh, apparently that was a very poorly kept secret. Because this the store before it opened, yeah, the store didn't broke. have any uh, indication. It had no signage. No, it had uh, it had black, uh, opaque plastic film over all the the windows, so you could not see into the store. However, I will say that the entrance to the store shared an entrance with a gold gem. Like you you would walk into the first set of double doors, and then there's a stairway down to a gym. And then the second set of double doors would w- lead directly into the store. So you had all these people who were using the gym, which was remaining open, yeah. going in and out. And it's possible that maybe some of them caught a, a glimpse of what was going on. That might have uh-huh. been the source of the, the uh, initial leak. I don't know. Or it could have just been you know, some Apple employee saying the wrong thing to the right person. I don't know. I, I would just I would just like to take this moment to make a completely irrelevant aside and say I still don't see how Batman could build a bat cave with all that technology stuff inside and have nobody understand he didn't do it by himself. 
Somebody no, he, had to have leaked that. I anyway, think, I think he talked to Clark Kent about it. But uh, oh, God, the, no, the, the you, you know, if Apple can't do it, yeah. Well, and here, and it was also kind of interesting to watch the um, the progress as people lined up to get into the Apple Store. They actually assigned each customer their own Apple rep to go in and talk about the iPad and then oh, uh, okay. walk over and, and get a sale. And that's how they made, they kept traffic. Uh, they would only allow the the same number of people in as there were available Apple reps. So they people would go in as Apple reps became available, another person would go in, and then the next person would step up. It was a neat way of keeping the traffic going. But at the same time, you saw these huge men and women, I mean, bulging with muscles, just sauntering in, thinking, thinking what the heck is going on here before they go downstairs to, to go work out. It was entertaining. I actually saw several of them walk in and walk back out as I was waiting for my wife to get out of the Apple store. She apparently engaged the Apple representative in a long philosophical discussion about the iPad 2 before she bought one. Okay. I love my wife. Interesting. I waited a long time for her. But yeah, it's it's definitely changed. It is yeah. it is really becoming a a a mixture, I guess. And I and there's some people who are disenchanted with that change. They, oh, yeah. They feel that it's grown too much. It's that it's the focus is off of what it used to be. It's kind of like the old. It's just like the way you feel if you if you were a fan of a band when it was really obscure. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. And then the band gets really, really popular. And then you're like, but I like them when they were when no one knew them. And I like them back when they were, you know, they had these intimate shows and they interacted with fans. Now they're so huge that they don't do that. They're not the same guys anymore. You sold out, man. And that, that or when you're, you're the store or the uh, restaurant that you always go down to the corner because they're, you know, like the local store and they're, they're the nicest people. And then they they, got featured in the paper and now you can never get in there. Yeah. Or they, you know, they open another location and then another location and suddenly they're in 17 states and you go, well, I don't want to go there anymore. It's a chain. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, you kind of, and on the one hand, you're, you're excited because they're, they're succeeding. South by Southwest Interactive is, has its own thing now. It's not the, you know, the little brother of the music conference anymore. It's its own thing. Yeah. Interactive but, has, has gotten huge to the point where, um, I mean, like uh, I attended, uh, the, like I said, the peripheral stuff in 2011. Yeah. And I got to see a lot of this going on. I, I will say that the, the themes of 2011 were interesting to me. Uh, it's all about mobile, which isn't a big surprise because that's, that's where everyone's focus is right now because everyone's, you know, adopting the smartphone or tablet. Uh, 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 form factors. So mobile has become a big, big concentration in the, the world of technology in general, not just at, at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I would say like one of the, the companies that had a really big presence at South by Southwest and a lot of word of mouth was Groupon, which of course we uh, already knew about before South by Southwest, but it really got very popular possibly because they were giving out free empanadas. Um, <laughs> As well as other elements, uh, Foursquare remained huge. Scavenger, which is a, yeah. a kind of a, it's sort of a, a, a Foursquare type model paired with a game element. Uh, actually, gamification was a huge yeah. topic. The whole idea of adding a game layer to your service so that there is this sort of intrinsic reward system within your service that keeps people coming back to it and using it over and over. They don't just find it, discover it, use it for a month, and then forget about it. They yeah. want to keep using it because they get tangible rewards or sometimes even intangible rewards. If it's the right kind of reward, it doesn't matter if it's tangible or not. Well, it's, that's pretty impressive that Scavenger was there considering, you know, 
Gowalla is based in Austin, Texas, made yep. by a company called Alamo Fire. Yeah, Gowalla was also there, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you're in their backyard. Yeah, it, yeah. It was, <laughs> well, it's a lot of companies treading on each other's toes, oh, too, sure, right? And sure. then uh, another thing that I thought was interesting was that um, group messaging services uh, yes. were were big. Uh, Beluga was one, um, which I think Facebook has purchased Beluga since then. I can look. Yeah, check check that out. I might Why be I might be wrong about that, but it was it's this idea of uh, of creating a service where you can send out messages to a specific group of people as opposed to like Twitter where you're broadcasting it to everyone unless you've created a, a, a private timeline where only people you've uh, you've um, designated can follow you. But like GroupMe and Beluga both had this sort of uh, uh, broadcast to a specific group of people. Yep. They, uh, Facebook, Facebook acquired Beluga in the beginning of March 2011. There you go. So right around, right around South by Southwest. Um, so the group me and Beluga both have kind of similar functions where you, you text to this group of friends. So it's kind of what Twitter was supposed to be when Twitter first launched. You know, Twitter has changed dramatically. In a use case scenario. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. the service itself has remained more or less the same. They've added some elements. A lot of the elements they've added were elements that were introduced by users to make the service more uh, useful. Mm-hmm. But then Twitter went and said, that's a great idea. Let's incorporate that into the model, like retweets and right. hashtags and things like that. Um, they weren't necessarily part of Twitter's original uh, uh, model, but they got incorporated once people started using them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well – Originally, when Twitter launched, it was this idea that you could maintain contact with your group of friends by writing what you were doing. And other people would who are following you, who are friends of yours, see what you're doing and they think, oh, awesome. You know, Bob's just down the street. I haven't seen him in forever. I'm going to just pop in and say hi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know that was kind of the concept behind Twitter. Now, it's totally grown beyond that. Mm-hmm. It's become a marketing uh, uh, tool. It's become an uh, interactive tool for, for people who have a following, who want to maintain contact with that following. It's become very useful. It's become a news gathering tool. News breaks because of Twitter. The, you know, the, at the time we're recording this, of course, the biggest item in the news is the, the death of Osama bin Laden. And that news broke on Twitter before it broke anywhere else. Yes. So, th- you know, this, this tool has become an amazing, uh, a part of our lives since its since its initial launch, but I would say that goes well beyond what the inventors of Twitter thought they were getting into when they launched the product. They thought, I think, based upon the interviews I've read and the the just based upon the evolution of Twitter itself, they thought they were more along the lines of GroupMe and Beluga. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, but it, it's interesting that that's still really important, that that still played a big role in South by Southwest 2011. Well, I mean, even big companies were launching products too because um, Microsoft really pushed Internet Explorer 9 yeah. at South by Southwest mm-hmm. this year. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely changed in character and grown to a scale – that probably not even the the founders of South by Southwest really had imagined. Speaking yeah. of of things growing beyond belief, um, so I would say it's it's definitely becoming one of the places to be. Yeah. For you know the tech sector and to keep your eye on if you can't go. Yeah, I would I would recommend try and take a trip out to Austin one year and at least go to some of the uh, the parties and stuff that you you know if you don't if you don't have the money to invest in a badge you're not going to get the full experience. 
Because, I mean, I, I can say honestly, I did not get the full experience. I didn't attend any of these panels that are actually genuinely interesting to me mm-hmm. and I think would have been very enlightening, but I didn't have a pass. So what I did was I went to the parties. Now, the parties are great. I'm not going to, you know, downplay that. The parties are a lot of fun. I went to a party by uh, held by Revision 3. Mm-hmm. I went to one. It's a uh, tech media. Yeah. CNET. Uh, I went to CNET's mm-hmm. party. I went to uh, This Week in Tech's uh, uh party now these these companies what they end up doing is they end up renting out a, a bar or a restaurant yeah and uh, or even a, a even a huge space in the case of revision 3 and then they invite fans to come usually you have to uh, register beforehand cuz these places have a limited amount of space and therefore a limited number of people can come in mm-hmm. um it's not that you know it's not that they're trying to b- do preferential treatment it's just that there's literally only so many bodies you can cram into that space before the fire marshal will shut it down uh, and then they usually have some sort of programming there. They might have a band play. They might do, in the case of Revision 3 and CNET and Twit, you know, all of these are, are tech, have tech journalism, uh, elements to them. Mm-hmm. So they would do shows, live shows in front of the crowd, which was kind of cool. And, uh, it was neat seeing how these tech journalists were interacting with their fans, how they were covering the, the conference itself, how they were covering tech news in general. Uh, I actually had a, quite a few fans come up to me who recognized me and they talked to me about wow. being, yeah, it was crazy. Very cool. I was being treated like a celebrity. And of course, for one thing, I was hanging out with all the hosts because I happen to, I, I know them because they're peers, right? Right. But, uh, but it was weird to be, have that turned on me and people were like, Chatting, I just thought they were chatting with me, and then they're like, "I really like your show." I'm like, "Oh, you're a fan! Awesome! That's great!" I keep forgetting people listen to us. Um, sometimes they do. I, I figure we just come in here to talk in the microphone sometimes, but uh, yeah, it was a great experience. But even as you know, on, there were at some of those parties, no one knew who I was, which was great too. I just got to hang out there and watch the show and listen to bands play. I got to see some exclusive content that was released right there at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. It's a really neat experience, and you do get a chance to, you know, the person who's staying next to you might be the next uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. Or Biz Stone. Yes. You might be staying next to the next big mover and shaker in technology. You never know. So it's really a, an, an amazing experience. Plus, the person on your left might be in the next band that makes it huge. That's true. Because a lot of the bands like to hang out at the various events as well. It's, you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got to, uh, I got to eat barbecue in the same restaurant as Felicia Day. I saw her come in and I was like, Oh, she's so pretty. And yeah. then I, I thought, I'm going to go up and say hi. And then I thought, no, wait, everyone in the world has come up to Felicia Day to say hi. Yeah. I'm going to let her eat her barbecue in peace. Yes. And that's when I became a grown up. <laughs> Well, so yeah, I, I would say that if if you're going to look for the latest gadgets, you'd go to CES. Yes. If you're going to look for the video game games, hardware, E3 and software, go to E3. Yes. Uh, and if you're interested in the experience of using daily, everyday type technology, the web, uh, mobile devices, yeah. and how they are used, South by Southwest Interactive is probably the place. Yeah, to go. that's I mean, really the define. I mean, they're all great conferences, but they really have different focuses and. You know, I think it's uh, yeah, especially if you if you are interested you in developing prod, uh, yes. products, then uh-huh. South by Southwest is a great place to go. Just again to see, because there's an engineer aspect where you're like, oh, I I've learned a cool way of how to do such and such, right? But then there's the social engineer aspect where you think, 
well, are people interested in using this? And mm-hmm. how are they interested in using this? And are there ways that they would want to use this that I haven't thought of yeah. that perhaps I should think about before I release it? South by Southwest would be invaluable to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Because you've got people who have done that already and they talk about what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. And, and a lot of the stuff there is just plain crazy fun. Yeah. I mean, we had Pee Wee Herman out there doing a special show. Awesome. Yeah. He did his, he did his Broadway show for, yeah. I think it may have been one night only, but I know he did a performance. I, I wasn't able to get in. I, I didn't know about it till literally I oh. walked up to the theater and saw that it was happening. And I thought, Oh my gosh, if I had known about this beforehand, I would right. have secured tickets. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, get to see that. You get to see there's, there are television and movie stars walking around. Mm-hmm. I got my picture taken with one. It was awesome. Cool. Uh, musicians. It's just, it's a cool vibe and everyone's just kind of hanging out and chatting and eating tacos. I mean, that's like my ideal of heaven, right? <laughs> Hanging right, out, then. talking, eating tacos. Well, very cool then. So, guys, um, that's our that's our kind of uh, our overview of South by Southwest. Uh, I'm sure that that event will continue to get larger and larger. Who knows? We may see uh, uh, yet another spinoff conference happen because mm-hmm. of this, mm-hmm. or it may even be that <laughs> we see. Uh, venue scaling back because it's getting so big that it's getting out of control. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to say at this point. I would consider uh, South by Southwest 2011 to be a success based upon the people I talked to and the experiences I had. But then that was my very first South by Southwest. So I didn't, I wasn't going there thinking, man, this used to be real, man. It's not real anymore. <laughs> see, I had a different experience. But see, I, I get that. You know, I've been yeah. on both sides of that. Yeah, yeah. I understand it. So. Well, hopefully in the future, we'll be able to send some How Stuff Works folks out to uh, South by Southwest, and we'll keep you guys posted on that if it does happen. That would be uh, cool. Yeah, it would be awesome, because then we could stand around, talk about stuff, and eat tacos. <laughs> and I'll be a happy – I'll be the bald guy with the huge smile on his face and a taco in his hand. So uh, we'll keep you guys posted on that. We'll let you know if anything develops. Um, there's nothing in set in stone right now, so uh, – but we'll we'll – We'll try it because I'm determined to make sure we get back there. We'll stare um, at them with puppy dog eyes. Yeah, we'll do the puppy dog eyes look and maybe that'll help. Uh, anyway, uh, but I do recommend checking it out if you're interested in the social aspect of technology and kind of how people work, really. Uh, take a look. And uh, Chris and I will talk to you again soon. If you guys have any topics you want us to tackle, let us know on Twitter or Facebook. The handle there is techstuffhsw. Or you can shoot us an email, and that address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Chris and I will talk to you with tacos in hand really soon. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join How Stuff Works staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The How Stuff Works iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?